Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Bros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm riding solo for this intro, although my man Jay Till will join us here shortly for a couple of big-time interviews on this very special episode of the YSO Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, we're super excited to have the OU side of the college golf story this week. We've got the women's head coach for the Oklahoma Sooners, Coach Veronique Drew and Latrell, and then also... Also, the men's head coach at OU, uh, Coach Ryan Hibble, in a jam-packed, I mean, 90-plus minutes on this megapod here. Again, we've kind of combined Coach V and Coach Hibble's interview into one podcast here. So, super excited about that. But, of course, before we get into the interviews, we've got to show some love to our sponsor. And, of course, that is Chalk Sports Bar. So, everybody knows about Chalk, right? Chisholm Creek Plaza. 1324 West Memorial Road. Follow Ben Chad and the entire team at Chalk on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. And remember, you know, over the next, what, six weeks, eight weeks, up until March 31st, we've got our Eat More Chalk, Play More Golf uh, drawing contest. And so go out, play a round of golf, turn in your scorecard to your server there at Chalk, right? YSO pod, you're still out, Sports Pros Network, something to let your server know that you're a friend of the pod. You'll get half off your sandwich or burger, and you'll be entered into a drawing that's going to take place in early April uh, for a table for four for Masters Sunday there at Chalk and $200 towards your tab. So that's going to be a big-time drawing uh, and a lot of fun for Masters Sunday as well. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is Coach V talking about all things Lady Sooners Golf and what she expects from her squad in an action-packed spring of 2021 schedule. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're super excited to have a very special guest on the YSO pod this afternoon, and that's the head women's golf coach at the University of Oklahoma, Veronique Drew and Luttrell, better known around these parts as Coach V. Coach V, welcome to the YSO Golf Podcast, and thank you for sharing some time with us this afternoon. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. Well, well, Coach V, you know, we're excited to talk about some some Sooner golf with you this afternoon. Kind of a cold, dreary day here in Oklahoma, but uh, uh, so so good time to sit inside and talk about it. But before we get into, you know, your thoughts on the program this year, the players, and kind of what to expect from the schedule, you know, how did you get introduced to the game of golf and kind of tell us about your background before you got to OU? Well, I first started um... – the way I was introduced to golf is kind of a weird story. I was nine years old and um, I'm from Canada originally. So very used to bad weather days. Obviously we can only play in the summer months. Oh, maybe some parts of May and then all the way to September when we typically started school in August, you just kind of run out of daylight at that point. But uh so for, for me, my brother played a lot of golf. He played in tournaments, and one day I just wanted to go watch what golf was all about. And so I thought it was so cool how the grass looked. I mean, it just looks so fake. Uh, so <laughs> uh, it's, kind of, it's funny now to say that out loud, but um, I don't know. I just had a really good time and went back home. I asked my parents, hey, can I play golf? And they were like, well, you have to be 10. And so I had to wait a whole summer, a whole winter <laughs> to eventually uh, start playing golf the following year. So bought my set with some at a garage sale. Some guy sold it to me for 25 bucks. I mean, it was a deal, right? Like <laughs> just 10 years old. I was so excited. And that's really how I started playing. Um, obviously, very limited golf just because of uh, 
where I grew up and how much snow we get in the winter. So, but after that, you know, really, really loved, loved it. Um, started competing right away and, you know, really enjoyed my time on the golf course, getting to know people and building different relationships with junior golfers and still people that I talk to, um, to these days. So it, it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it goes full circle for sure. Um, and then went to Kent State University in 1999 and graduated from there in 2003. I decided to stay there. I wanted to be a professional golfer. I thought that um, staying there and doing my graduate school would give me the best opportunity at continuing to practice, but also um, just being in a competitive environment with the players there. So at the time, the way that college golf worked, only one coach could coach the team. So when I was in college, we didn't have an assistant, which is very different than, than now. You know, both coaches are very involved um, in today's college golf stuff. So we really stayed there to help and uh, went to New Zealand that year because I was on the national, the Canadian team, traveled uh, for a couple tournaments down there. And when I came back, the head coach, Mike, was like, hey, you know, you really were helpful. It was helpful to have you around. Would you mind staying as a GA? And so stayed there for a couple more years. And then 2005, I went to the University of Georgia as an assistant and just, you know, at the time I was there, the team was ranked number one in the country. I mean, really, really phenomenal players. Um, and then, you know, 2009, June 2009, I was hired here. So it's it's been, uh, it seems like I've been doing this for a long time, that's for sure. But I absolutely love it. Well, speaking of kind of what uh, got you to OU, how back when you were at Georgia, what got OU kind of on your radar at that point, serving as an assistant at Georgia, kind of knowing at the time um, the women's program here needed a boost of energy and just kind of curious, how did how did that come about? Well, I mean, you know, the University of Oklahoma is just a well-recognized institution, you know, it's a huge brand and the Sooner family is just everywhere, you know, I, not just here in the United States, but around the world. Um, you know, it, we may be going down at the airport and we're wearing a Sooner backpack, you know, with just know you on it, and somebody will yell boomer across the way. So <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> way, yeah, the way just uh, the, the fans, I mean, it, it's just phenomenal. So I definitely knew a lot about OU, but not not to the extent that I do now, obviously. You know, when, when I moved here, I, I didn't know anyone in Oklahoma. So, you know, for me, I was I was single at the time, and it was like, hey, I, I want to take a chance and see where I can take this program because when I interviewed, I saw the potential with the facilities that we have and the golf course that we have as the, Jimmy Austin, you know, just um, knowing that we could make a difference in the in the players' lives and golf was really my my goal when, when I was hires, hired here. Well, Coach V, you know, let's, let's talk about the squad this year, kind of, you know, over the past year, you know, the team got as ranked as high as number two. I want to say that we're still in the top 10 right now, right? So eight, nine, 10, somewhere in that range, depending upon your rankings that you're looking at. But, you know, not a single player was named to any of the Golf Week All-American teams. You know, how do you account for that? And is it one of those deals to where, you know, perhaps the media is kind of overlooking some underrated players on the squad? Or is it maybe one of those things to where the sum, you know, is greater than the individual parts and in, in the, the, the team uh, is really kind of what's shining through there. 
I mean, honestly, it it, it was a little bit of a head scratcher, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Yeah. Um, to not have any players on the Golf Week All-American teams. But at the same time, you know, I, I, for us, we're going to use it as motivation. Um, going into the spring, you know, there's really nothing we can do about people putting players on a list, uh, on some sort of a watch list, you know, that's their opinion. Obviously, I I believe we have phenomenal players here at OU. Um, two of them are ranked in the top 20 in the college rankings. So, right. you know, not, not having anyone, I mean, sure, it, it can be frustrating, but at the same time, to us, there's a lot more to to this than just um, – you know, a, a list. Uh, we're going to go out there and just make sure that we let our clubs do the talking and see what happens. Well, you mentioned that uh, I think looking at the squad and looking at uh, different finishes and, uh, and places where the ladies are ranked, um, it's a kind of a diverse situation in terms of the successes that they've had. And something that caught my eye over the past couple months is uh, Ellen Sacor going out and winning a Cactus Tour event out in Arizona, kind of in the uh, the off season, or I guess the in between season is really what it is. Uh, so definitely kudos to her. And I would ask, who else on your team do you see kind of perceive playing in some pro events, uh, if not the spring? Uh, we know which is heavy with with your schedule, uh, but uh, over the summer or even looking to ha- professional golf aspirations in general. Well, I, right now, I don't foresee anybody playing in any professional events this spring, just with the way that with our COVID protocols and just our, uh, the way our schedule falls for this semester. But I do anticipate that a few players will be playing professionally at some point. Um, Even this summer, you know, they always try uh, to, some of them always try to qualify for the U S women's open. Um, So usually that's played in early June. Um, So I I'm anticipating that hopefully we'll have players playing that. But um, you know, I also believe that in the future, a lot of them will have, a chance to actually play professionally. Um, and obviously, you know, not all of them will, uh, it's no different than any other sport. I think, you know, the professional life is tough, um, and very competitive, but, uh, we do have some players that I truly think will have a chance to, to do a pretty good living out there. Well, coach, you know, you have players from, from really all over the world. It's kind of crazy to look at the roster and, and see players from, you know, the Philippines, from from British Columbia, Canada, from Spain, from Mexico, uh, from London, England. But, you know, I want to ask you a little bit about, about a hometown girl right there in, in Norman, right? Caitlin Milligan, uh, you know, can you give us a status or an update regarding her opportunity or, or perhaps getting the chance to play at the Augusta National Women's Amateur, right? We know that that event, covid casualty last year and kind of go it looks like it is going to be played this year can you can you give us an update on that yes caitlin uh she accepted the invitation to play in the augusta national women's amateur tournament um so she'll be playing there at the end of march um so i'll be going out there with her and awesome that's great um, yeah really excited i mean what a tremendous opportunities for ladies that the augusta committee has created uh, just such a phenomenal event. And obviously the very first year was so much fun with watching uh, Maria Fossey and uh, Jennifer Cupcho going, you know, head to head the last day. I mean, it, it was just phenomenal just to watch as a golf fan. And so I'm really excited for Caitlin to get to go out there and 
especially after last year, you know, we were just thrilled to have her in the field. And then when it was canceled and, you know, it, it was such a disappointment, but for her to be invited back, it's just, it's just an awesome opportunity for her. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that that event is something that, you know, Augusta is a special place to a lot of golfers and, you know, women being able to play an event there have won such high esteem. I was super excited for it whenever it uh, had its inaugural event, and it was just an awesome treat to watch and can't wait to see uh, a hometown girl out there competing uh, for, for the title. Well, you mentioned you have a couple golfers that are, are ranked in the top 20, uh, Libby uh, Winans being one of them. We kind of want to talk about uh, the Winans Jr. that's coming into town uh, next fall, Megan. Tell us what she brings to the program. You know, kind of cool to have a little bit of the Jessica and Nellie Cordes sister vibes coming to OU, kind of a, uh, a sibling uh, duo. So tell us a little bit about Megan and who else uh, is coming on the squad in, in the fall of 2021. Well, Megan obviously has a, she's got a great resume and, um, you know, as a junior, she's played in a lot of events, uh, you know, the USGA events, the uh, AJGA invitationals. I mean, the, the list goes on and, um, you know, she's, she's a fen- phenomenal player. I think having both her and Libby's going to be fun. Um, just, it's unique, you know, it's not every team can say that they've had a sister combo on their team. And so for us, I'm very excited to, to have them here. Um, you know, the Winans family are part of our family. So we're just, we're just really thrilled to have them here. But, uh, you know, I, I think she'll be, she'll be good, a good player, a solid player for us, for sure. I think anytime, um, we try to just sign the players that we think will be the best fit. And I think she's going to be perfect for us for sure. Um, as far as other people coming on the team right now, she's our only signee. Um, just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with some of the other players and, you know, all the players, the current players all have an extra year of eligibility right. because of COVID last year. So that kind of changes a little bit of our recruiting just the way that everything's kind of falling is changed just a little bit, but uh, so we're having to navigate that. Uh, but you know, for right now, Megan is the only person. But who who knows down the road? You just you just don't know what could happen. Yeah, sure, no, that makes sense. And that's actually something I don't think that Keith and I really talked about or thought about. How how is that affecting? Obviously, if uh, if most of the squad gets that extra year of eligibility, is the NCAA it kind of expanding your ability to have extra roster spots. We actually just educate us and the listeners on what that process is looking like for, I guess, 2021. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually a little bit tricky. So the, the scholarships still count against our numbers. And so it really is restricting us um, with us going out to get verbal commitments um, just because right now we're in a situation where we, we can't promise anything and I'm, I'm at a point where, you know, our current players are, um, I mean, they, they've, they've been here, you know, I, I want them, they've been loyal to us. So I want them to be, to have the chance if they want to come back or not. Um, so we're, we're kind of waiting a little bit to see what's going to happen. Um, you know, it, it's a tough situation, both on the, the players that, that are, that were juniors last year. So currently seniors, 
Um, you know, some players may want to come back for the extra year to go to grad school because they're finishing, you know, their degree this year. Some players may not. Um, and then some players, you know, in the with the recruiting class, it's just tough because you're trying to predict what could happen. Um, sure. You know, you've, you've made offers out there, and it's just it's just really tricky. So um, we're just kind of taking it one day at a time to see where people will fall, and um, just kind of taking it easy just to make sure that our players have the time to make a decision on what they want to do next. Well, thanks for giving us a little insight into that. Uh, it is a very curious year in college athletics, uh, not only for golf programs, but probably across the board. Uh, coaches dealing with a lot of that. Recruiting, you know, obviously being on that subject, one of the things that uh, I think you mentioned kind of in your intro when you arrived at OU, that the facilities that we have on campus, I shouldn't say we since I'm a journalist. <laughs> we keep saying we, right? A, we, we are OU. I'm an independent <laughs> yeah, journalist now, right. so I have to watch what I'm saying here. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that OU has on campus uh, were appealing to you at the time. Obviously, even since then, uh, whether it be a major renovation to the golf course or the addition, specifically wanting to talk about the Ransom Short course that was added uh, a couple years ago. What has that specifically added to the program in terms of appeal, in terms of uh, how you guys can prepare for, uh, for golf? And then I think most importantly, how did Keith and I get an invite to come check it out? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, objectively of course okay uh no i mean the ransom short course it's been a game changer for us just um you know both both for our current team but also for the recruiting part of things um just to have a facility like this on campus is huge like you know looking at our roster is very international all these international players when they first arrive here they don't have a car so a lot of times they have to figure out ways to, you know, come to the facility from the dorm. Um, and we're very lucky that we're super close. You know, it's a, just a little bit over a mile. So we've had players ride bikes. We've had players walk um, over here. So it, that's been a huge, you know, game changer with regards to you can recreate any shot you want. Yeah. Out here. Um, you know, for the most part, Oklahoma is very flat uh around norman anyways you know so just recreating some shots that uh we couldn't do before so for example maybe uh you want to chip with a hybrid going up um you know from the bottom of the fringe or going up onto the green and so now we have the ability to do that whereas before we didn't really have a place where we could recreate those shots uh so that's been that's been fantastic and really i mean you can play it as par threes if you want. You can play it. At, there's one hole that's uh, just a little bit over 300 yards. So you can play it as a short par four for us. So really, depending on where we're going to play a tournament, um, we may be able to recreate all 18 holes second shot into the greens. And we have before. Uh, it takes a lot of creativity, but we we do a phenomenal job. My assistant does a phenomenal job at uh, setting up some of those practices and really just making sure that, um, you know, we, we use our time and the space as much as we can. And then as far as your, y'all's invite, I mean, we're going to have to figure it out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We'll, we'll gladly we, uh, uh, replace one, all once the Once our facility kind of reopens to visitors, everything's kind of been shut down now because of uh, COVID. But once we reopen, we'll, we'll have to make it happen. 
Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, we know that it's going to be a busy spring, and I think starting uh, on Valentine's Day, going down to, to Melbourne, Florida, Moon Golf Invitational. So if you wouldn't mind, just kind of talk us through the spring schedule. We actually uh, previewed it a few weeks ago on, on the podcast, just giving folks a little bit of a preview, knowing it was coming up and not sure if we were going to get to have you on. But since we got you, give us a rundown of the spring schedule, maybe the event that uh, the ladies are excited about the most, although I'm sure that uh, they're just ready to get out there and play. Yeah, I mean, our, our schedule's very solid, um, you know, very competitive. We play some of the best teams in the country. The idea is for us to really play head-to-head against the best players out there. And so um, that way we can kind of see where we are uh, as a team, but where we are individually as well. Um, so really excited. We leave on Friday for our first one in Florida. Played at that event two years ago. Um, I had a little girl, like uh, my daughter was born, let's see, I think four weeks before we were leaving for the <laughs> wow. travel to that one. Um, but I'm looking forward. I've heard great things about the Moon Golf Invitational, so I look forward to actually going out there this time. And then Clover Cup typically is actually hosted by Notre Dame in Arizona. Um, this year, Notre Dame decided that they were not going to host the event, so uh, Arizona State picked it up. Um, so still at the same golf course, Longbow, which is phenomenal. We uh, really enjoy going out there. Usually the weather's typically pretty good and, you know, just the, the conditions of the golf course are phenomenal as well. Um, and then we play in the North Texas event at Lantana uh, Golf Club. I We've never played in the event, uh, the Bruzzy, but heard phenomenal things. So just going down the road is going to be nice uh, for us. And then Baylor's hosting a tournament, brand new event uh, over at Houston Oaks, which is where we're playing the Big 12 Championship next year. So go into that event, and then that'll be back-to-back weeks with the Big 12 Championship that is in the Woodlands area. Well, Coach, you know we're talking about the trips that you're going to make out to these events here over the next uh you know, a few weeks over the next coming months. But, you know, one of the questions I, I, I want to ask you is that whenever we've gone out, we, we you, you've had a, a great event, right? The, the girls played well, high finish, maybe even won the tournament. You know, what's the team song for the trip back after after a good finish? Well, I, I, I wish I could come up with something really good. But <laughs> you, you're not the DJ coach? <laughs> no, I never have control of the radio. I'm not in my van. If, if uh if I have control, I mean, usually it'll be like on uh, 90s on 9 on XM radio, but okay. <laughs> other than that, Keith usually and I get that. control. That's in our, our age bracket as well, so I, I think that, that we're, we're on the same page with you uh, there, Coach V. Well, awesome. I know we want to ask some some questions about golf courses and, and your uh, some of your favorite things uh, in and around the state of Oklahoma. Before I do, I know that you're – career at OU is, is pretty much overlapped Coach Hibble on, at the men's program. And I think the big question is, how many shots aside do you have to give Coach Hibble when you guys go out and play? Oh, if anything, he needs to give me shots. Come on now. <laughs> I figured you were taking he's, it in he's, town. He's a really good – I mean, he's a really good player. Honestly, I, I don't play as much as I used to. I just run out of time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he would definitely have to give me some shots. Okay. Well, uh, we'll you know if we get to the pleasure of having him on, we'll have to fact check that because you know <laughs> we don't want you getting accused of being a sandbagger by anybody, uh, at least on our podcast. All right. So uh, 
maybe this question uh, is going to be a little bit of a bust based on that answer, but how much golf have you gotten to play in Oklahoma uh, during the time that you've been here uh, outside of Jimmy Austin, of course? And uh, if you have one, what would you tag as your favorite course that you've been able to play here in the state? Well, when I first moved here, I played a lot of golf everywhere in the state. So um, there are so many great golf courses around here, right? Like you got Southern Hills, Oak Tree National, the Patriot, you know, their their story, the Patriot and how it came about is f- phenomenal as well. But, you know, the, the list goes on. There are really, really great golf courses. Um, but here in Norman, I really enjoy playing Belmar. I'm a member out there. The, I mean, we just love it out there as a family and you know the the members are awesome very supportive of our team and obviously we host a tournament that's out there um so we we enjoy it well coach speaking of things to do there in norman locally you know i i've been known to back in the day uh a frequent campus corner a lot maybe not so much now in my, in my older day or older years but uh, certainly as a as a younger sooner but uh you know what are your thoughts after a tough round at either Jimmy or at Belmar, you know, what's the best 19th hole there in Norman? You know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Honestly, don't go out very much. Um, but I think a classic spot would be the Mont, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I think, so you got to go. Yeah, love the Mont. I actually, whenever I was a student down there, this has been almost 20 years ago now, Coach V, I lived in an apartment complex that was literally right next door to the Mont. So I, I may have been there a time or two, yeah. Yeah, you cannot go wrong with the Mont patio on a, on a nice day, uh, maybe with a swirl. Be careful, yeah. Well, one, one's probably good enough. Yeah. A little bit of that, that cheese queso, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, you know, call an Uber, everything's fine. Uh, all right, Coach, we like to do a little game here called Word Association. Very simple. We're going to kind of throw you some quick-hitting words and uh, just tell us the first thing that comes to your mind. So you, you ready to rock on this? Okay, let's do it. All right, we're going to start off with the word bedlam. Rivalry. Very nice. Now we're going to go down I-35 and say Red River rivalry. Uh, (laughs) Is that the answer? A lot of folks in Oklahoma would agree with you. (laughs) uh, I'm going to have to say horns down, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Love it, love it. (laughs) Third one up would be Quebec. That's just my home hometown. Last one, favorite club in the bag. My putter. All right. Yeah, roll, roll very nice. Rock. Good answer. Very good good answer. answer. Very good answer. <laughs> All right, Coach. Well, with the last segment that we always like to do with our guests to kind of get them out of here, it's a, it's a segment we like to call the short par four. So we're going to throw four questions at you, obviously kind of golf-related, golf-centric, but, uh, you know, a little more expansive than that. But uh, I'll tee it up here with the first question, Coach. Tell us about your last round of golf. I don't even remember the last time I played. Uh, (laughs) It was in the fall for sure. Man, I mean, that's a tough one. Honestly, when, when in March, when everything shut down, I played a lot of golf this summer played a lot of golf in the fall with our team when everybody came back. But to, to tell you the details of my last round, I don't think it was impressive enough. For- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. But, um, I mean, we, we play every Fridays, my assistant and I, with our team. Um, we haven't recently, well, since we restarted here, 
uh, this spring, but we'll we'll get that going again. Well, Keith and I have a lot of forgettable rounds of golf, so we can totally <laughs> much all yeah, we can identify <laughs> with you right there. Okay, uh, I'm going to take the second shot here into the short par four. Give us the golfer you find yourself cheering for the most on tour, and that could be PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, your 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 choice. But it has to be in the non OU Sooner division. Hmm. I don't know. I, that's a tricky one. I, I feel like I just like the good stories, you know, like for example, Sophia Popov this summer oh, yeah. when she won the British, you know, was I necessarily cheering for her? Not really, but just her story was really, you know, catchy for me. And I, I thought players that play good, is just fun to watch. So to put a name I mean, that's just a tricky one. This weekend, I wanted Jordan Spieth to win because yeah. he hasn't been up there in a while. So, you know, it kind of changes to see. I guess I, I guess I just jump on the bandwagon. What's <laughs> <laughs> like wrong with that? Okay, Coach, so so we're on the green here. We got a birdie putt on the short par four. You have one last round of golf. What golf course are you going to play? And the caveat being it has to be a course that you've previously played. Okay, so for me, it's going to be, I can only p- pick one course because I got a close tie here. I've played Augusta National when I was at Georgia, and I've played San Andrews oh, when wow. I was on the Canadian national team, right? So you look at it, both super classic venues. Absolutely love the history behind both of the, you know, the golf courses there. So, that's a tough one. I mean, Augusta is probably a little bit easier to get to, I guess. <laughs> If you had to drop everything, I guess that would be quick. Yeah, yeah. I think I think those yeah, two no, those two exactly. qualify uh, for for the bucket list for sure. So that, that well done, I Coach. Guess it's, good, guess it's good to have a backup, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, well we are we're finishing up here on the short par four. We're gonna make a movie about the golf life of Coach V. We need to know what famous golfer is going to play you in the movie. Well, <clears throat> this is this is a tough one because I'm very. I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. Probably would ask that I play myself. Hey, yeah, I love it. But if I have to pick someone, I I think not famous, but not yet. But I think any of my players right now would do a really good job. Oh, very nice. That's awesome. Great answer, Coach. Great answer. Well, well, Coach. You know, we we told you that we would keep it to thirty to forty minutes here, and I know that we're up against the uh, you know roughly a half hour mark here. You've been gracious with your time. We we certainly appreciate that. But you know, I, I've got I've got one last favor to ask you uh, before we sign off here. You know, knowing that you do hail originally from Quebec, can you give us a "You're still out" in French? C'est à toi jouer. Oh, love wow, it, Coach. Love. It. We are international now, we JT. Are now international. We are international. That's awesome. Well, Coach V, again, we certainly appreciate it. We're going to be following you here in the weeks and months to come. Uh, you and the squad be rooting you on. And, uh, again, best wishes and, uh, and good luck and safe travels on that front. And uh, we we'll hope to have you on again at some point, uh, maybe uh, after the, uh, the season uh, kind of uh, comes to an end, hopefully uh, with the Sooners lifting a, a trophy for a national championship. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys having me and just, yeah, anytime we can do this, I'd be happy to come back. Fantastic. Coach V, have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Bye. All right. Well, that was Coach V talking about the Lady Sooners. And now let's turn our attention to Coach Hibble to talk about the OU men and what he expects from a very stacked and talented and deep OU squad for the spring of 2021. Here's Coach Hibble. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're super excited to have a very special guest on the YSO pod this morning, and that is the head men's golf coach at the University of Oklahoma, Ryan Hibble. Coach Hibble, welcome to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, and thank you for sharing some time with us on a cold, frigid morning here in Oklahoma, Coach. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely, Coach. Well, we're excited to talk about Sooner Golf. You know, obviously, you know, uh, the, the program has been doing really, really well here over the last few years. We're excited about what the spring is going to, to show as well. But before we get into that and kind of talk about the schedule this spring and, and kind of some of the guys that you've got on the squad this year, you know, for those of our listeners that may not know your entire background, Coach, you know, give us, give us a little bit of a background as to how you got into the game of golf and kind of, you know, your story to bring you here to o- OU. Well, yeah, my golf story and history is, is I think somewhat interesting, um, to be honest with you. Um, you know, obviously no different than anybody's career path. There's a lot of humps and bumps and, and valleys and, and, uh, you know, right now we're kind of at a peak when it, when it comes to our golf program. But for me personally, you know, we've been kind of all over the place, um, you know, trying to figure out whether or not I was going to be a a professional golfer at one point in my life. And, uh, yeah, I played, I played college golf. I'm going to back on up. I'm, I'm originally from the state of Georgia. Uh, that that's where all my family is from. And, and, uh, I decided I was going to go to the university of Georgia to play college golf. That would have been, uh, the fall of 2000 was my freshman year. And I was, I came in, uh, to, to Georgia being one of the you know most highly recruited guys in the country and, and started out my college career very well as a third team All-American my freshman year. And then I moved into being a first team All-American my sophomore year. So I was kind of heading in the right direction, but, but along the way, uh, going, going into my junior and senior year, my, my golf game just kind of left me, um, uh, physically, mentally, I was, I was not in a very good spot. And, and, you know, as I've reflected back over the years and I, it's where I try and help out a lot of my guys now is I know I was actually going through some pretty heavy burnout, um, I was a multi-sport athlete growing up. I kind of did it all. And, and then as I decided to not play football heading into my junior year in high school, uh, that was the first time I ever concentrated just on purely on one sport. So my junior senior years in high school and then into college, it was all dedicated to golf. And, and again, when I look back, I didn't have any, any hobbies. I had a girlfriend who's my wife now at the time. Uh, she, she was a, a great distraction for me, but still my mind was so uh, trained up in other areas uh, to, to kind of have a season of something else. And I didn't have that. And so when I, when I think back now as a soon to be a 40 year old this year, I've gone through a lot of the, the reflection and, and how can I help my guys now and make sure that, that we don't go down that path uh, because it is a true, um, you know, detriment in, in the sports that we, that we kind of go through, uh, golf in particular. Um, and, and that happened to me in my college years. And, and so when I got done with my college career, I was not into playing pro golf. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm not into this. My game's not ready. And, and mentally, uh, I wasn't prepared to go, um, you know, beat it around on the mini tours and try and make it. So I decided I was going to get into uh, coaching and, uh, my at the time I, I got married really really soon after after graduating and my wife had a little bit of school left and I needed to stick around Athens Georgia to help her get done with her school so I decided to go work for the American Junior Golf Association which is uh, headquarters about 45 minutes outside of Athens Georgia with the plan that I was going to potentially come back to Georgia and be the assistant golf coach um, 
uh, pretty soon thereafter. And sure enough, fortunately that kind of happened. And I started uh, being a, a golf coach in 2005. Um, so that kind of started my coaching career. Uh, back in 05, we had a great group of guys that uh, you see on the PGA Tour right now. You know, the, Brian Harmon and and uh, the Russell Henleys of the world, Harris English, Hudson Swafford, uh, Brendan Todd, uh, Kevin Kisner, all these guys that you're seeing making money. Those are either guys I played with or I kind of coached, coached with. And, and uh, uh, during my time as an assistant, and I know I'm rambling here uh, as a story, but I'm just trying to give some background here. Um, my, my golf game, my mental capacity to realize, realizing who I was as a player started to develop again. And I enjoyed what I was doing again with the game of golf, not just from the coaching aspect, but from a playing uh, aspect. And, and I started getting back competitive with my game. And this would have been 2007-ish. Uh, I started back playing some more events. And my wife and I had made a decision that, hey, if we're ever going to try and do this thing professionally, we need to give it a go. So I kind of did a reversal of what most people do. Instead of playing golf right out of school, I kind of got into the, the job market, got into coaching and realized that maybe this is what I need to kind of bounce back into because I knew I had a, a big time enough game to, to make it. And I knew that I would work it, uh, you know, work as hard as anybody. Um, I just needed the passion and the fire to come back inside of me personally, which it did. And, and so, you know, I raised all the money and got going and started uh, to, to play professional golf and, and basically the end of 07 into 08 and, and I banged up my elbow uh, about five, six events into me playing professional golf, had a couple surgeries on it and, and realized that I, and at the time I had a family. So it was just very difficult for me to sit back and go, all right, I'm going to sit here and, and sit on other folks' money that I've promised that I'm going to go give everything I have and I can't go produce. So I decided to get back into the, into the coaching world. Um, and during that time, I was still considered a, a, an assistant with, with Georgia as a volunteer, and I would be helping out their guys and, and messing around. And, and lo and behold, the University of Oklahoma popped up as, a, as an opportunity. And you guys probably know a little bit about the history of my family. I hear with my brother being the quarterback. Uh, so my, my name, uh, you know, the Hibble name was, was at least known out here. They didn't really know who I was for the most part. Uh, but, but obviously I knew some of the players in the game and we went through a, a, a big interview process and, and this would have been in the, in the summer of 2009, Joe Castiglione hired me. Um, and I'm so fortunate and thankful, uh, when I think back on those days, uh, cause in today's time, 2021 now, I don't know if he would have been able to go out and hire me. Um, you know, but in 2009, you know, I, I think that it was the right fit at the right time. And, and I'm just really thankful that he kind of jumped out on a limb for me and we've been able to do something pretty cool here. Sorry, that's a, that's a long-winded answer, but that's kind of my career path to why I'm here. No, that's great, Coach. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, again, first time I'm getting to, to jump in here. Would reiterate Keith's uh, opening. Really appreciate you coming on. Excited to have you on. As big of OU uh you know, alumnus supporters as we are, uh, to me, uh, all about the golf program and have been for quite a while. So a real thrill for me to get to, to get to visit with you. And, you know, you, uh, you mentioned you're a high level junior golfer, maybe even short sold it a little bit. Number one ranked uh, junior golfer uh, at one point, I believe. How do you, and you, you alluded to how you kind of use that experience 
um, both good and bad with your current squad, but specifically when you're out there recruiting and coaching players coming out of high school, how do you kind of use that experience again, both in the good and the bad when you're, when you're working with those kids? Yeah, it's a good question. And I would say that my his my history, the, the years of experience now, I draw so much more probably on my my past in just the coaching world now and the players that I've coached uh, way more than my playing days just because years are going, you know, further and further back and I'm becoming a lot more of a uh, has-been for sure uh, in the playing world. And and I'm okay with that. I've had to be okay with that, you know, and, and you know, for, for me and, and how I talk to my guys and deal with them, I would say I still draw on, on those playing experiences, uh, you know, occasionally. And in, in particular in the recruiting game, I've been through what, what all these kids are going through uh, for the most part. And I think it, it helps me in the recruiting game to help, you know, understand what, what, what it means to be a little bit more edgy in the recruiting game. Uh, you know, what might stick uh, for a kid versus what might not stick for a kid when you're trying to get them to realize, uh, you know, the, the light at the end of the tunnel that might be the University of Oklahoma, right? We're always trying to somewhat gain an edge uh, on our competitors. And, and, and if that experience for me can help us, then, then we're going to use it. But um, overall, these, these guys are so smart and the parents are so well uh, informed in comparison to even just 20 years ago when I was getting recruited, um, they want to know how can they genuinely get that much better with your, you know, at your golf program. Um, and that's what we're trying to provide for them at our place, um, is, is a world-class experience, but hopefully along the way, they, you know, by the time they're done with their four or five years with us, they're ready to go play professional golf. So that that's kind of my goals and, and, and my expectations for all of our guys, but I think my playing days and then all obviously my coaching years now, I've been coaching almost for, well, probably 15 years now. So um, I'm getting some years up underneath my belt and um, a lot of guys have gone through the program and we, we see what we kind of struggle with and where we, where we thrive and we try and make changes along the way. Well, Coach, right before we started the actual podcast, you know, we, we alluded to the fact that we were able to, to speak with Coach V yesterday, your, your counterpart there for the women's squad. Now, if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe that you and Coach V pretty much overlapped during your tenures as assistants there at, uh, at UGA down in Georgia and then kind of almost came to OU at, at roughly the same time. But, you know, kind of talk to us a little bit about, you know, what that experience has been like and to kind of, you know, come to OU and really rejuvenate and grow programs together on both the men's and women's side you know Vero has done a great job um here at OU and and it, it, it is wild and, and crazy to think about how our paths were kind of parallel um during that time frame I got hired about June 20th that's my birthday that's the only reason why I remember it um, I want to say it was a, a day maybe after that and then I want to say she got hired maybe a week or two after I got hired and it was just uh, bizarre and, and crazy at the time. I didn't think much about it other than the fact that now, as I look back, because we needed to make so many changes with our golf program, we were not in a very good spot, whether it's for facilities or how we recruit or just the image of what o Oklahoma golf uh, looked like and felt like it was nice to have somebody new and fresh as well, wanting to come in and change 
uh, the, the image on the other side too, because we're one of the unique sports that, you know, we're housed in the same, in the same building. Uh, you know, you, you, we have our men's golfers on the left side of the Charlie Coe facility and we have the women's golfers on the, on the right side of the facility. So we have to be a, a, uh, a very good working family. Um, and, and, and we all need to be able to get along. So for us to kind of have the same vision of being able to change and, and, uh, have a lot of youth in the building, we were young. I mean, I was only 27 when I got hired in, in 2009, uh, Vera was about the same age. And, and so there was a lot of, of, of young inexperienced, I'm going to tell you, and we were, we were young and dumb. And, and, uh, some of the things that, that I, I mean, I probably wouldn't even, I told this story whenever we built our ransom short course at, at the uh, ceremony, when we opened it up, how, as again, as I've been through the administrative side of college athletics, I don't even know if I would go down that path right now uh, because of how hard it was to get done and how many buildings had to be blown down and roads had to get moved. Uh, You know, but back then when I was 27 and was trying to, come up with this plan of how do we get create a, a just an unreal facility here on campus which definitely sets us apart from a lot of other people uh in our game you know i don't know if i would do that now as a as a as a 39 year old i mean but thankfully uh ignorance is bliss and i just kept pushing kept pushing and my bosses kept believing in us and we kept uh, showing results and so they were able to uh grab a hold of that and we had some great support along the way but but uh, ignorance definitely is, is bliss at, at times. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I'm sure it goes without saying that the support that a program like OU has from the administration over all these years, whether it be Joe C., President Boren in the past, I'm sure that uh, goes a long way. Um, but I got to say, you know, enough with the warm and fuzzies here, okay? Having a program like Okie State right up the interstate, right? Has that been a motivating factor uh, for you and your squads kind of during your ten- tenure to push yourselves uh, to kind of uh, compete on a high level national basis? Tell me, tell me how the bedlam factor works in uh, to the program uh, there for our Sooners. Man, that's a great question. And I'm going to tell you, um, you know, for the fans out there that love football, this is the way I would equate it. The University of Oklahoma football program, when I first got here, is very similar to how what Oklahoma State golf program was like and Oklahoma State football benefits a lot from Oklahoma football because it, it allows you to see what can be done in your state right we have a pretty small state when it's all said and done not very many people four maybe close to five million people live in our state total uh, two big cities and that's really about it and I would say that Oklahoma State football benefits from OU football well we, we've done the same thing We've been, we have been the benefactors for sure of what Oklahoma State, what Mike Holder produced many, many years ago. And then, you know, obviously Mike McGraw, he was the head coach when I first got here, who's a, you know, really good friend of mine. And Alan Bratton, who uh, I have a a nice history with as well. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're super competitive, (laughs) super competitive. We, we don't want to lose them. They definitely don't want to lose us. Right. But, but, um, because of who they are, they've allowed us to understand what, what our potential can be here at, at OU as well. And, and I would never discount that. Um, you know, a lot of people say, well, no, you got, you built your own thing. No, no. I mean, we did, we have built it maybe our own way, but um, you know, we, we, I'm not going to say we rode any form of coattails, but, 
but being able to see the trajectory of what can be done in a state like ours golf wise definitely allows us to be better. And, uh, but now on the flip side, when, when, when you talk about the competitive side of things, yes, do we get into heated recruiting battles? Absolutely. Um, on the golf course, is there anybody that we want to, um, you know, beat more than the others? Probably so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. And in particular, the last five, five, six years since we've really kind of gotten to that next level, it's been fun to watch um, our both of our programs. I mean, the, the the state of Oklahoma college golf right now is really, really high. I mean, we were able to win the championship in 17. They followed back up in 18. Um, we both make match play again in 19. I mean, it's it's been a really nice run here in the state. And, you know, all, you know obviously credit goes – uh, so much to their history and, and the power that they have in college golf. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're kind of the new kids on the block, but uh, with a lot of history, we, we, I think some of our history gets swept underneath the rug a little bit. And back in the eighties, we ju- we were as good as anybody. And since I've been here, that has always been my goal is when I look in, in our uh, trophy case and I see what we were able to do back in 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, we won in 89, all those other years we kind of missed out. That's been kind of my goal uh, since I got here was to help recreate what we were able to do in the 80s. And that's kind of the run that we've been on here. So, um, you you know, a lot of folks will talk about our 17 championship team, but I actually like to go all the way back to 2012, um, the second year we made the national championship and Abe Answer and and some of the guys that are on tour right now, uh, you know, on, on the Corn Ferry Tour, and we're coming down the stretch. We got a chance to make match play for the first time ever. Those are the days I like to think about because they they're the ones that kind of help set us up for where we're at right now. Yeah, no doubt. And I think it's awesome to be able to see OU as a program really get to that same. Uh, at least if we're talking about current status. Um, the level of the quote unquote golf school at OSU uh, we're, we're right there with them. And it's very impressive. And I agree. It goes back to those early days of, of Abe answer and some of the other guys. It's, it is fun to have some OU guys out on tour to root for kind of transitioning to, to this year's squad. Uh, at least Keith and I know a lot about, you know, the, the starting five, so to speak, you know, Quaid, you know, Welch, uh, Brightwell, some of those guys, but, when you got a, you know, the, the I guess the downside to having such a stacked team is you got a guy like Jackson Dow, super highly recruited, happy to keep him in state. How, how does a guy like that break into the lineup? How do you manage that? Maybe even is another question, and maybe give us some other names to look at for the future, look out for. Well, first of all, Jackson Dow, one of our in-state guys, he's um, he's phenomenal. He's a great kid. Really enjoying having him around. It, the hard part about COVID and what's uh, kind of been played out for not just our golf team, but for just college athletics in general, there's kind of a log jam right now. And we knew it was going to be tough for our young kids coming in this year. I mean, I have 15 guys on my team this year. We were only supposed to have 10 guys on the squad. And I had four seniors come back and Jonathan Brightwell from UNCG, who's an all American transferred in. And so no matter how you cut it, it was going to be difficult for our young guys to get a bunch of playing time unless they came in here and really knocked the socks off of everybody. So keeping them engaged, I don't think is too difficult uh, because of how we compete. I mean, this past week, uh, or basically since we got back to school in January, we've been competing every week and everybody's included in that competition. 
and to show us kind of where they're at. And as we go along through the springtime, we're always looking to see who, if anybody has the hot hand and um, you know, so we'll be competing all spring long. So we'll, we'll keep them engaged. And that's um, that, that's a big job of, of ours as a staff to try and make sure that we're not letting anybody you know slip through the cracks, but, but it's their job as well to make sure as golfers, they're doing everything they can uh, individually to, to uh, stay competitive and to, to kind of show us where they're at. Um, so, so Jackson's doing a great job though, but, but, but all of our freshmen, um, you know, Stephen Campbell Jr. is from Houston area. Uh, again, I, I don't know if Steve's going to play this year, but, but he's doing a nice job. He's learning a lot, really growing and maturing. And then uh, Ben Lorenz from Arizona, probably our most uh, touted freshman coming in. Ben's already played uh, this fall. He actually played as an individual. And I project that he's got a chance of playing for us this springtime. He's, he hits it probably as good as, you know, all of my top three or four guys. Uh, he's just got to get the ball in the hole a little bit quicker around the, uh, around the greens, but, uh, but he's getting there where he's working hard and uh, he's learning a lot. So I, I would, I would look out for Ben Lorenz and, but Jackson Dow going back to him, he's going to, he's going to be a uh, integral part of our golf program over the years. So I'm not worried about him at all. And, and uh, it's just a, it's a crazy tough time for these young guys right now. You hit the nail on the head. The great thing about the game of golf is that uh, firing up the competitive spirits is pretty easy, whether it's Sunday afternoon game of Lincoln or those guys battling down there in Norman uh, on a, on a weekday match, I'm sure uh, getting folks up and after it is probably not that difficult. So that's a, that's a good, good, good point to be made. Yeah. I mean, ultimately we have to have the, 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 the winning formula for me, forget about what we do in golf tournaments is what happens back home. And perfect example just happened this past week where we're playing for one spot and Quade Cummins and Garrett Reband, who quote unquote probably know that they're going to their to our first event, uh, but they're out winning a qualifier. They tied each other. Uh, a lot of dramatic uh, shots coming down the stretch. And we go into a playoff for this one spot. Again, both of them probably deep down know that they're going to our first event. And we played 10. They both make big time putts to have the hole. We go to 11. Reband had, gets a great up and down to save himself. So we go over to 12. We play 12. We play down 13. Reband has a chance to close him out and he doesn't. And I'm talking about high level pressure, right? right. Yeah. Well, well, guess what's happening? Dark's happening. And we, we tee him up from the backside of 13 green and we're playing back up to number 12 green at Jimmy, the par three green. <laughs> sick. Yeah. <laughs> sick. Right. For, for one slot. And this means a lot to my guys. These are, this is a six year senior and a fifth year senior and, and everybody else is watching. This is like a club championship style, you know, where everybody's in their carts watching and what reband goes down number. He plays it actually down number 18. Quaid plays it down number 13 and you have to hit it through a couple trees up on 12 green. Quaid hits a great shot. Rebound hits a great shot. We get up there. Rebound's ball's in the, in the, uh, the greenside bunker. Quaid's ball's about 30 feet, so he knocks it on in two, right? And Rebound hits a, a decent bunker shot, and Quaid makes his 30-footer for a three. So, in theory, an, an eagle on a hole that we don't play. Uh, but I told him, I said, listen, you guys have played out here millions of times. You're going to adapt and adjust, and we're going to play this hole like this. And, and sure enough, we got a winner. And 
that's what we have to have is, is that competitive spirit because that permeates down through our young guys. It doesn't matter what year you are that, um, you know, because whenever they turn pro, it doesn't matter if you're a 40 year old or 25 year old, you know, big time player or guy just trying to, to, uh, you know, figure out how to get his tour card. It's always qualifying, you know, whether it's for your Thursday, Friday cut line or, uh, you know, you're trying to get your tour card or you're trying to get in the FedEx Cup playoffs. I mean, everything is a cut. So that's that's what we're trying to promote at our place. Man, if that doesn't get you fired up, nothing will. That, that's a great story, Coach. That's awesome. But, you know, speaking of getting fired up, though, you know, how excited uh, is the team for Prairie Dunes for the Big 12 Championship? You know, and, and maybe what's the mix of guys that have an appreciation for that kind of golf course uh, architecture and kind of what goes into it? Because, you know, Prairie Dunes is obviously a different venue from probably a lot of the courses that these guys have played in the past. Yeah, I would go on record uh, and, and say this, um, that it's probably my favorite golf course in the central part of the country. I mean, Southern Hills is obviously at, at the top of that list too, but Prairie Dunes and what Perry Maxwell and his son did there, just it's incredible. Uh, it's so unique and different. And, and what's interesting, all these new golf courses uh, like out on the West Coast with Bandon Dunes and, and all those – they're all trying to almost recreate what Prairie Dunes has been for, for years, right? Uh, the folks up in Nebraska, what they've kind of created is, is Prairie Dunes. And it is as special of a place as you'll ever have. I mean, it's when, when you get a, a good solid day, you need a little bit of wind, right? That, that place is made for a little bit of wind. It's like walking around in heaven for me. Um, I've got some really interesting guys on my team that, that really appreciate golf golf course architecture uh logan McAllister being one of them i I'm, I'm trying to actually get him somewhat excited about helping out or being a part of the whole tom dope design down at dornick hills uh when they're because they're about to redo it and so we'll see if he can actually sneak down there and and maybe partake in some meetings or whatever but i could foresee him being that way in the future uh, if he doesn't play professional golf whether he does or he doesn't just being a golf course architect, he loves it. And he's kind of sucked Quade Cummins into the same thing. So they're always talking about, they love going to uh, under the radar type golf courses and talking about them, you know, and, and Quade wants to go buy a big old piece of property. He's already kind of highlighted here, uh, not too far off the highway, uh, closer to Blanchard, you know, he, uh, him, him and Logan, they've already come up with a, uh, with a name for their company that they're going to, they want to design their own golf course and have this whole deal. So it's a real thing. And don't be surprised if they don't do it at some point in their, in their careers. And I hear these stories all the time and I get sucked into, I'm, I'm a golf nerd. And then I, I like hearing their ideas and it's uh it's, it's fun when you, when you get that, but, but Prairie Dunes is a special place and we're going to have some guys that are pretty, uh, I would say dialed into the golf course architecture and what that means. But, you know, the interesting part about Prairie if you've been there, it, it changes every day. I mean, a south wind to a north wind, you want to talk about a, a completely different golf course. And every year we've been there for the Big 12 championship, um, something unique or crazy happens. We've had ice storms. We've had snow. We've had it be warm. We've had the wind blow over 50. I mean, it's it, it's a unique place. And uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a tough ta- tough challenge no matter what. And we play in the best – uh, golf conference in the country on the men's side for sure hands down um and so it's going to be a tough challenge for us man yeah prairie dunes keith i mean we gotta uh 
by hook or by crook. It's time to time to get north. Buddy. Yeah, Coach, we've been working with the Big 12 trying to, you know, get some media passes and some credentials up there. Obviously, we don't know what COVID's going to look like, but we're 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 hoping to, to, to meet you up there in person uh, in, in late <laughs> April, bud. Uh, awesome stuff. So let, let's keep on the high-level golf course talk. Uh, shifting a little bit down to Florida, a place where wind can definitely uh, wreak some havoc, but also a very unique place, Seminole Golf Club, obviously the site of this year's Walker Cup. So I want to talk a little bit about the golf course, but mostly want you to maybe stump a little bit, you know, for Quaid and Rebrand. Obviously, they're being considered for that squad. Would be a unique deal to have two guys from the same school on the Walker Cup team. For those of our listeners who may not be as familiar, Walker Cup being uh, basically the amateur version of the Ryder Cup, United States versus Europe, match play. So uh, to take us there, Coach. Take us to the Walker Cup. Take us to Seminole. Give us your thoughts on those two guys and the Walker Cup in general. Yeah, so the Walker Cup, well, I mean, such a historical team event. I mean, the, the greatest of the greats have played on it. And we haven't had a Walker Cup since Anthony Kim. It would be really, truly special for both of these guys to make the team. And, and I think both of them uh, should be on the team. Of course, I'm biased. Uh, but, you know, they're actually making three picks this week, which they won't be part of those three picks because it's the, the highest-ranked U.S. team members on, on the World Amateur Golf Ranking. So then there's going to be seven picks on the backside of that. And uh, Stuart Hagestad will be the, the, the mid-am uh, pick. And, and Stu's a, a really great player and, and does a nice job. So that's going to be uh, very good for the team to have him there. Uh, then you got Strafasi, who was the U.S. Amateur champ. So now you're kind of dwindling on down with your picks. And, and not only just our two guys, but you have Austin Eckert, who's an Oklahoman, who's going to be a part of this mix too. I really think that uh, we've got a chance of getting all three of those Oklahoma guys on this team when it's all said and done. I would love to see that happen. Uh, you know, I've, I'm a big fan of Austin Eckroats as well. I've recruited him and got to know him and his family over the years and and uh, wish him nothing but the best. So I'm, I'm hoping for all three of those Oklahoma guys. I think that would really be special. Uh, but for my two guys in general, uh, they need to be on that. They want to be on that. It's a special week, and that's pretty much where I'm going to leave it. Uh, I don't have any favorites. Uh, you know, it is what it is, and and they need to uh, have a, a nice month of playing golf because I think the picks are going to happen probably by the end of February to early March. So we've got a couple events coming up here. I don't know if it will change any heads with the USGA, uh, any, any thought processes, but – I know that they both want to be on that team, and uh, by gosh, uh, we're going to do everything we can to help them get there. Yeah, well, we're definitely rooting for that. Uh, love to see Oklahoma guys involved, and uh, yeah, I had actually forgotten that we hadn't had anybody since Anthony Kim, so uh, it would be a big deal. So keeping on the amateur golf circuit, so to speak, uh, I want you to take us back to, to last summer, the sunny Hana. Uh, playing with the young guys, uh, for those that don't know, you uh, played very, very well and uh, ha- were tied for the lead uh, there at the beginning of the event. Got to know, what was the smack talk like after that round? And then on the flip side, how much grief did you take for, for kind of not getting the job done? <laughs> well, uh, the Sunny Hannah is a special place for me. It's where I first started my big-time amateur golf appearances back when I was, I think 
I, I first went there when I was maybe 16 years old. Uh, they always reach out to the highest ranked junior golfer in the country. And so I, I have a long history there. So it's a, for me, it's kind of like driving down Magnolia Lane, you know, uh, as an amateur golfer, it, it's just got that special feeling, um, very nostalgic for me personally. So I know the golf course really well. They've changed it up uh, quite a bit. I haven't been to the Sunny Hannah probably since, I don't know, 2003. They took out a lot of trees and, and you know, they've done some changes to the golf course, which I, I really like. I actually think they made it a little bit easier, to be honest with you. Um, but it was just so much fun getting back in. You know, this we couldn't recruit. Um, the, the reason why I basically kind of got back into to playing a little bit this summer was uh, my assistant, Bill Alcorn, who, who still plays a little bit professionally, I told him, I said, hey, how can we separate from everybody else, unlike potentially every other staff on, uh, you know, in the country, and both of us can still go play. So he went out and played some professionally, and I went and played some amateur uh, events, and fortunately I still have some buddies in the amateur world. Uh, John Yerger, who's the tournament director up there, let me in. I go up there. My game wasn't in very good shape, uh, to be honest. But I know the place really well. Um, I know how to scrape around a golf course. And I had one of my better putting rounds I've ever had the very first round and just blitzed everybody. I mean, it was it was <laughs> crazy. I was making it rain from everywhere. I mean, was, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I was, uh, I mean, literally just just putting putting the eyes out of it. It was it was a pretty special round and um I can't remember if there was too much smack talk. I know the young guys were looking at me a little funny. The 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 interesting moment for me is when I went back into like the lunchroom and was, you know, seeing everybody talking to everybody or whatever. Um when I was there when I'm 16, 17, you know, 20 years old, the guys like Bird Atkinson and and David Eager and Tim Jackson, these are all great mid-amateur names that I was thinking about looking at. And I had that moment where I was like, I'm that guy. <laughs> I am I am that guy now. I mean, these guys think I am the old fart in the room. And, you know, deep down, I don't feel that way. Even though I know I am, you know, I'm definitely a lot older than, than uh, all the guys in the room. Uh, internally, I still feel like I'm 20, you know. And and so I, I kind of had that, that reckoning moment. But it was just a great week getting back in there, seeing your name up on the board. I thrive on that. My game again, wasn't good enough to, to try and go win that golf tournament. Uh, you know, at the time, but, but uh, I really dug in my heels hard and uh, did a great job of just kind of grinding it out. Uh, I was playing back to back with Quaid, uh, which is always fun, you know, kind of being able to see one of your guys, he was in front of me one day, then he got behind me the next day because he, he, he wore me out. I want to say in the third round. So in the final round, he was actually behind me. So I got to watch him play a lot when he was trying to win a golf tournament. Um, you know, and it's just, it was great to go down memory lane for me and nothing really more than that. And, and it, it proved to myself though, that if I can actually get out and go work on my game, I can still compete at a pretty high level on the amateur side. And I want to do that. It's just, it's really difficult to make the time to, 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 you know, really get in there and work on, on my game enough. A real job gets in the way, huh? Yeah, yeah real job and just family stuff, you know. And, you know, recruiting is getting ready to pop back open. And, and so just the, the the opportunities aren't there. And unfortunately, I'm I'm not talented enough to just be able to kind of roll the ball out. Um, I have to be able to do, do some work. And 
and uh, feel somewhat prepared in order for me to go, you know, be able to, to, to go compete. Well, coach, you know, you mentioned about being around the young guys and, and you guys, you know, you have, you have a pretty busy spring schedule coming up. You know, you head down to Texas a few times, you head out to, to Tucson, Arizona uh, for the NIT there, head down to Naples, Florida uh, after that in early April. And obviously we mentioned uh, Prairie Dunes uh, up in uh, Hutchison, Kansas, Kansas at the end of April, but being around the young guys after you guys have had a, a good finish in a tournament, maybe even won it, you know, who's the DJ and kind of what is the team song for maybe the road trip back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Over the years, boy, that's uh that's always interesting to see who gets a hold of the the radio station. Well, they don't even do the radio anymore. You know, we we've got the they call it the ox, the ox cord, cord so yeah. The ox, the ox cord and get the uh, get the van pumping. Uh, I mean, Quade's always kind of my wingman. He's and and we we typically we don't do the the one van anymore. It's, and and <laughs> In particular with COVID, we actually have to take two vehicles now, but I've always kind of taken two vehicles. In case one gets a flat, it gives us more flexibility with tee times. So uh, we don't just do the, the one big van, but in my van, uh, Quaid's usually got the ox. And uh, this year, he's been pumping the M&M. Uh, guess who's back? Uh, he's, he's all over that. So I don't even know if that's the name of the song, but, you know, it, Guess who's back? That's 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 his deal. And I, we even did a little video after our Colonial win. And it's just a guy like Quaid, he's always one of the reasons why I love him outside of, you know, just a great person and, and fun to be around. But he just he's always thinking ahead uh, in a way to help us even promote that much more of a swag. Uh, he, he is that guy. And it's real. And Five years ago, six years ago, kind of before him and this 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 group of uh, Blaine Hale and Brad and 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 Quaid, it would have driven me crazy. I because I, I'm hey let's uh, old school coach, you know let's just do our job, you know whatever. But I with a guy like Quaid, I've had to let him run a little bit, and because I know it makes him be better and it makes uh, a certain group of guys uh, be better. Their personalities come out, you know and. And uh, we don't want to be obnoxious with it, but we want to have some fun because it is, this is college, college golf. We're supposed to be having fun and, and showing that personality a little bit, I think has been fantastic. And it's helped me along the way too. That's awesome. Yeah. I could, it doesn't take long of uh, either watching, certainly being around or reading about Quaid and his vibe to know that I'm sure he brings a lot of swag to the to the team. So that's uh, fun to watch. I'm sure that's good for the program. It'd be good for him professionally. Uh, Want to loop back a little bit and talk talk a little bit more golf courses. As, as Keith would attest, I'm definitely the uh, the golf sicko nerd. Uh, I think as you put it, Coach uh, of our of our duo. So kind of you know you've been here been here a long time now. Uh, how much golf have you gotten to play in Oklahoma? You mentioned several courses already. You know, obviously outside of Jimmy Austin, which we'll put in a different category, what would you tag as your favorite course here in the state? Um, and maybe give us some honorable mentions as well in terms of uh, courses that you've really uh, fallen in love with here. Well, Southern Hills is high, obviously high up on, on the pedestal. And I'm going to tell you, prior to the changes, I always really liked Southern Hills. I, I did. I, I liked Southern Hills. And I mean, up to the point where I love Southern Hills, I would even say that. But since the changes, uh, the, the changes that Gil Hance captured, 
for myself, I just, I've played it. I've been able to play it, I guess, three times now since the changes. And I walk around there going, I absolutely love this place. You know, I mean, it is, it is big time and the club is doing so well. And Kerry Cosby, who's a former player of ours, uh, is running the show as the, as the head pro and just does a phenomenal job. Everybody over there, just a, a, a really great vibe going on. And, and the golf course is, is on another level. I mean, they just picked up the 22 PGA, which is great, but I'll, I'll tell you this as a, uh, college golf coach in the big 12, I was a little bummed out because our uh, big 12 championship was going to be at Southern Hills in the spring of 22. And oh. that, that, just, that just bumped us out. So, but wow, yeah. uh, I, it's all good. It's all, all for the, all for the better of, of uh, growing the game in our state and whatnot. So it'll, it'll be a good thing on the back end. I don't know. I mean, honorable Mitch, there's so many great golf courses uh, in, in Oklahoma I love Oak Tree National. Um, it's it's so difficult at times. Um, I mean, you can make it be as hard as you want to. You know, I th- one of the biggest changes, and I already kind of mentioned this earlier, as far as a renovation is concerned, or, or um, you know, going back to uh, the the first glimpses of what Dornick Hills maybe used to look like, and that's what Tom Doak and his team are supposedly doing this springtime, I cannot wait to see what they do at Dorna kills uh, because it's always kind of been a sneaky little jewel down there. Um, but, but they, they probably needed to, to make some changes and, and, and have some financial backing, which I'm, I'm being told that's what's happening. And I'm really excited for the folks in Ardmore because we love going down there. The, the Sooners love traveling down to Dorna kills and playing. It's just such a quick drive for us to go down there straight down third 35 so just really excited about uh, going down there and, and uh, seeing, seeing what kind of changes they have. Seems like you're a Perry Maxwell fan, just like the rest of us, what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. And, and uh, you know, it's every golf course around here, though, seemingly it, it just it gets opened up that much more based on the, on the wind direction and what's going on. I mean, Trip Davis, what he did at Oklahoma City Golf Country Club is fantastic. Um, and again, Tim Fleming, who's an OSU guy, but he loves the Sooners deep down. I know he does. Um, uh, you know, they're doing just a fantastic job. And, and I, you know, I love going to Twin Hills, love, love taking the guys there. Uh, I mean, again, there, there's, there's a lot of great golf courses. Uh, you know, Quill Creek has made a nice transition over to Bermuda Greens, and I haven't even been on them yet, but people keep telling me that they're just doing a fantastic job up there. And uh, you know, Gallardi is this big, wide-open place that's always in great shape. And, and uh, again, fortunately for, for these, these places, uh, just have a great open-door policy for us. Uh, we, don't, we don't go very much, but if we do, they, they seemingly are always willing and able to, to make it work. And we can't, you know, thank those folks enough because it's fun for our golfers to be able to get out and go play different tracks for sure. Well, Coach, you know, I want to circle back on something that you alluded to earlier, kind of, you know, talking about maybe evolving as a coach yourself, being able to connect to to this next generation, this younger generation on, on different levels. You mentioned Quaid specifically and kind of, you know, the, the different swag or the style that these guys have. You know, one of the things that seems to be kind of a stalwart of this this younger generation is video games. And so it is cold here in Oklahoma City, in, in Norman as well, kind of across the whole state. It's going to be that way for probably the next week. So I don't anticipate getting outside a whole lot and kind of working on the game. But do the guys play video games? Do you play, you know, maybe a PGA video game or something like that to kind of, uh, you know, kind of kill some time in between? And, uh, and is, that, is that something that you guys kind of engage in down there? 
Not really. Uh, you know, the video games last year, I did let, uh, we had, we had a rough weather day and I, I had all the guys bring out all their gaming stuff to the, to the Charlie coast center. And we had a big day, uh, of, of gaming at, at the coast center. I mean, I don't know. They, this generation, it, it's, it's changing, uh, dramatically. Sorry about that noise there. But, um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if. I mean, I'm not into to all the gaming stuff. I am with my own. I've got a a 13 year old and nine year old. They play a little bit here at the house, but that's kind of that's about the most gaming that I do. These other guys, they they usually keep it uh, kind of in their little social time they have, and and we just leave it as is. But um, when it comes to just rough weather weeks or whatever, which happens around here ever so often, I mean, what we're about to see this week hasn't happened since the early 80s with the temperature. I mean, we're just going to try and get creative. I mean, we can do some fun games golf-wise on TrackMan and do some different things there. So, it, you know, we try and keep it loose and have some fun, but still try and somewhat get better even when we have, you know, opportunities to have to stay inside. Well, Coach, you know, you've been super gracious with your time. We told you around 40 or 45 minutes, and we're getting up to that now. But before we get you out of here, you know, Jay Till, he always likes to play a couple, you know, a word association games with our guests. And so, you know, Jay Till's going to throw a, a three or four words at you here and kind of, you know, first thing that pops into your mind on these words, Coach, and I'll, I'll tee uh, uh, Jay Till up here. All right, here we go, Coach. You, you mentioned 2017 uh, National Championship for the Sooners in golf. I'm going to take you to a different place in 2017. 2017 Rose Bowl. 2017 Rose Bowl. You mean that was in 2018, though, right? Yeah, 28, 28, January 2018. First words (laughs) that come to my mouth, to my my mind? Yeah. I mean, that was the best football game I've ever seen in person. And, yes, I had my center gear on. Yeah. That says a lot. Is that that what you were going – is that what you were looking for? Are you you trying to figure out what I was – Come on, man. I, these I've been out here for for uh, twelve years now, and uh, you know it, this is this is this is our place. This is home for us right now. So it's I mean I'd say Baker Mayfield in that game, phenomenal. Uh, just what a great game. I mean, holy moly, the the emotional side of that game was crazy for me and my wife too. And it was uh, it was a special week for sure. Awesome. All right, next one up. Very simply, the Masters. Oh, Jim Nance. The music, uh, driving down Magnolia Lane. Golly, there, 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 there's no better place in, 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 in the world for me. Love it. George Mann. Nate Hibble's handicap. <laughs> really high. <laughs> uh, here's the funny part about that is, I don't want it to be really high. Like the last couple of times we played, I'm like, bro, you stink. And I don't want to play with you now. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's, you know, my whole, my brother, you know, thankfully as a younger brother, he really helped me be who I am. I mean, I'm competitive because of him, right? I was always wanting to be in his group. I was always wanting to be, I was always with the older guys. Ultimately every, every single day of my life growing up. And uh, we used to have so many battles and he was actually in just a quick story. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. And my dad would attest to this who, who was our, our football coach. I mean, I was probably a better football player than my brother growing up all the way, probably even all the way through, you know, junior high. 
And then, and, and he was a better golfer, but then it kind of flip-flopped. For one, he turned into this huge monster of a guy. I mean, Nate's, you know, six four. I mean, even in high school, he's exactly what you would want. I mean, he's six four, two fifteen as a junior in high school, right? And you know, th- and my golf game flipped flipped over. So it was interesting how our careers kind of kind of went the opposite ways there. But he was really good at golf, and we've had some epic battles. Trust me, we used to fight on the golf course like legit <laughs> fist fights when we were young. To the point, you know, my dad would take my golf clubs away put him in the closet. He, he couldn't handle it anymore. My mom would be so bitter at us. And, and, uh, you know, that's just, that's, that's how I grew up in this, in this little small town in South Georgia. And it was just me and him. And, and for some reason, if he was beating me or if I was beating him, the other one just didn't want to have anything to do with each other. Right. So that's how I grew up. And, and now he's got to work on his golf game. We've said in 2021, he's got to get his game better. So I don't have to give him so many daggum strokes. <laughs> Golf oh, resolution. Love it. Love it. Uh, okay. I got one more word association for Keith gets us to our last segment here. And that would be Quaid's stash. Swaggy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> he, hey, he'll bring a stash to work one day. The next day it'll be a full beard. The next day it's going to be, I mean, handlebars, I, you know, he, he changes it up all the time. A lot of it's dictated on how he plays. So uh, that's, that's the way it goes. Love it, Coach. All right, well, last segment here, Coach, we like to call this the short par four. So we're going to throw four questions at you. Obviously, kind of golf-centric, golf-based, but kind of a, a little more expansive than that. But I'll tee it up here on the short par four, Coach. Tell us about your last round of golf. Oh, man, let's see. I haven't played in a while, I'll be honest with you guys. Last round of golf, I played with nine holes with the boys probably right when we got back. It was not pretty. <laughs> relatable, very relatable. Okay, second shot in, short par four, around the green here, ch- chipping on the green. What golfer do you find yourself cheering for the most on tour? But the caveat is the non-sooner division. On tour right now? So I'm at, uh, I've always been a huge Phil Mickelson fan, uh, even during the time of Tiger, and, and I love Tiger Woods, don't get me wrong. But Phil's kind of phasing out, so I don't get a chance to, to, to root for him nearly as much. Um, oh, I don't know. I'd probably go back to, if it's a non-sooner, I mean, I'd probably go back to a couple of my, well, in particular, one of my Georgia boys, Kevin Kisner. I, I just, I love Kiz's character in uh, – kind of in the golf world right now. And I like it when he gets up to the top because I can't wait to see what he says in the, in the presser. (laughs) (laughs) So it's maybe not as much about his golf as, as it is more about uh, what I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what he says on the back end. (laughs) Yeah. Kids is a fun follow for sure. Coach. That's a good one. All right. Well, we'll birdie putt here on the short par four coach. You've got one last round of golf. What course are you going to play with the caveat being, it has to be a course that you've previously played. Yeah, I mean, it'd be Augusta National, hands down. I mean, it's just that special place. I'm a Georgia guy. Um, you know, it's special for the outside world, but for a kid that grew up there, I mean, it's 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 on a whole nother level. And fortunately, I've been able to play it uh, sometimes, and and it's it gets better every time. Awesome. Well, tapping in for par here on the short par four movie about the golf life of Ryan Hibble. 
What famous golfer is going to play you in this film? Are we going off of looks here or 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 attitude or just what? We leave this one open ended with every guest, you know. It'll wow. say a lot about you, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, if it was a celebrity, my wife says I look like Woody Harrelson. So if it um I guess maybe he would play, but I don't know if Woody's got a good uh, golf swing or not. If it was a golfer, golly. Uh I mean, again, if we're going personality or, you know, from a, who I'd want it to be, it'd probably be a guy like a Tom Watson. And that guy, tougher than nails, I would want to for, for me to feel like I'm that way. The guy won a lot of majors, and he had super longevity. Um, if you remember, he almost won the British Open. Oh, yeah. yeah I can't remember how old Tom was. Six years ago, something like that. It wasn't that long ago, right? Yeah, it was, it was getting longer now, Keith. 2009 at Turnberry. I think it was that long? 59 or something like that. And, and deep down, I still have this this thought that I'm still going to be able to compete for a U.S. Amateur, you know, at, at, as we keep moving on. So I, I like that. I like the Tom Watson pick. Again, if you're going off of looks, I don't know, a balding dude that – Got a little bit of funky golf swing. Maybe Jim Furyk. I, I don't know. That might have to be the pick from the uh, character side of things, uh, uh, you know, from uh, physical. Great stuff, Coach. Great stuff. Love those answers. Well, well, again, Coach, you know, you've been so gracious with your time. I think we actually even took up a little bit more time uh, than uh, than what we told you. So so we're grateful for that. And, and again, we're, we're going to be following you here over the next few weeks and the months to come, you and the entire squad, obviously wishing you guys the best of luck and uh, safe travels. And uh, it starts off this weekend, right? So headed down to, uh, to Houston to the All-American on the, uh, Valentine's Day, and uh, we're going to be rooting for you guys down there as well. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for uh... – including me and, and trying to grow, grow the game and the awareness of, of what we're trying to do. So I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care, Coach. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Coach V, Coach Hibble, giving us an inside look behind the scenes of all things OU golf. And again, uh, kind of giving us a, a great uh, recap of their history and uh, how they got introduced to the game and uh, what brought them to the University of Oklahoma. And again, kind of a neat story, roughly the same time. So uh, again, special thanks to Coach V and Coach Hibble for being so gracious with their time. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. And uh, they, they made for great interviews. And uh, obviously, we'll be following the Sooners in the weeks and months to come. So well, gang, this will wrap it up for this episode, but remember that the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going and to also keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, get out there and enjoy the walk. Uh-oh.